the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So Ridgeview Junior High School, Pickerington. Students evacuated this morning around 10.30-ish. Reports of an active shooter at the school. That proved to be inaccurate in a way in a way, inaccurate. There was an active shooter, but the shooter was not targeting students. The shooter sadly committed suicide. So we await details from Pickerington Police. I'm sure we'll get more at the top of the hour. Um, students are safe, and they are being bused to Pickerington Central High School, where if you are a parent of a Ridgeview Junior High School student, you can pick up your children uh, when you supply an ID at Pick Central High School. And as more details become available, uh, we will let you know what they are. No name yet and uh, no speculation that uh, we would share at this point without confirmation as to what may have prompted uh, that very regrettable situation. We were talking about Donald Trump's interview this morning on the Hugh Hewitt show. And I was encouraged at the very beginning because Donald Trump was disciplined. He was asked about China. What would you do with China? It's not something I would tell you. It's not for me to say. You know, we don't tell people how we're going to react militarily. Ukraine, he advocated for peace. Can't continue to send them missiles, all kinds of military high-grade weapons. He said, I did that. Helped them initially. Can't do it forever. Great answer. Then Hugh Hewitt asked him, you know, there are those who fear that if you're elected president, you'll retaliate against your opponents. And he got into kind of a retelling of how wronged he was by the New York Times. All true. But again, you got to stay focused because if you're running for president, you want to steer the conversation back to what will I do to change the course of things that need to be changed? What will I do on the border? What will I do in foreign policy? What will I do with inflation? What will I do? Who will I name to my cabinet? Who would I name as a Supreme Court justice if I got another Supreme Court justice? Which, by the way, can you imagine how wigged out the left would be if Donald Trump got a second term and got, just by luck of life's events, two more Supreme Court nominees? If he got five of the nine nominees? (laughs) Oh, wow. We don't have to wear hazmat suits for all the heads exploding all over the country. Ah, okay. Sorry for the visual. Okay. I said on the question about will you retaliate, he got a little self-serving. This is where Donald Trump has to stay away. He cannot be seen as self-serving. He has to be so focused, so disciplined in answering questions that at least people in the Republican Party, because no Democrat's ever going to say this, but at least people in the Republican Party need to be able to say with proof of why they're saying it. Hey, this guy's really learned from his mistakes. This guy's kind of changed. I I like it. He's still got the snark, still goes after the media. You know, that's fine. But maybe he'll be more disciplined on Twitter. Maybe he's learned that, you know, 
When you walk by a dog and the dog barks, you don't have to bark back at the dog. So the interview went on a while, and Hugh asked Donald Trump about Nikki Haley running for president. And I thought, okay, he just went off track on the whole retaliate against opponents thing. This will tell me, is he disciplined or not? Because we've all heard that, you know, Haley has said, I'm not going to run for president. If Donald Trump runs, Trump is running. And Haley went on Brett Baer a week or so ago and essentially said, yeah, I'm running. And supposedly her formal announcement is coming in South Carolina here uh, very, very soon. So can he fight back the urge to retaliate against Nikki Haley? Let's find out. One of the people who is going to declare for president this month, according to reports this morning, is Nikki Haley. If she runs for president, what's your response, Mr. President? Well, she called me and she asked me about it. And I told her she should follow her heart. You know, she said numerous times, I put it up actually, that I would never run if our president runs. He was a great president, et cetera, et cetera. She said that numerous times. But she's a very ambitious person. She just couldn't uh, stay in a seat. I, I said, you know what? Nick, if you want to run, you go ahead and run. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm back. I'm back thinking, hey, he's got it under control. Except no. In the same answer, as he rambled a while, as he is prone to do, and this is one of the dangers, is when you ramble, you talk yourself into these meandering paths. And he started in on Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin. You know what disappoints me about Youngkin? He ran. Nice guy. I endorsed him, which helped him greatly. But then he ran. And he was not doing very well. But he was inching up. And he ran against uh, a sleazebag, who I knew very well, Terry. I've known very well. But Terry's a sleazebag. Everybody that knows him would know that. I'm sure I'd be thrilled to hear it. But he ran, and he ran hard, and he worked hard. And my endorsement meant a lot. But at the end, he needed me to do something. And I made a call. It's called a teletown call, teletown hall, they call it. And it goes to every home. It goes to vast homes in in the state of Virginia, in this case. And I gave a 15-minute thing, and we had... Thousands and thousands of people on that call, and there wasn't any person that wasn't on that call that didn't go and vote. And he won by, you know, a fairly tight number, uh, but I had, you know, far, far, far more than that number. Somebody said 444,000 people were on that call. And he was really nice to me, gracious to me in writing. He wrote me the most beautiful letter you've ever seen, thanking me and everything else. But then they decided, because his campaign manager is a smart guy, Jeff. Very, very smart guy. Yeah, Jeff Rose said, he did it without Trump. He did it without Trump. He did it with me, and I didn't like that. So he wrote me this beautiful letter and called me, and I thanked me, and I said, listen, uh, perhaps you'll thank me publicly as opposed to thanking me behind the press's back. And, oh, yes, I'll do it. But he never really did. I did a lot for him, and he got elected because of me, just like Ron DeSantis, even more so. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, we'll get to the DeSantis part in a moment. What is wrong with that answer? When you are president and there is a Republican running for governor and he is behind and he is behind in a state where Joe Biden won by 
double digits. Won by double digits over Donald Trump in 2020. So Yunkin is running for governor in 2021. And Trump does the Teletown Hall. And it helped Glenn Yunkin. Fantastic. Fantastic. That is your job if you are the leader of the party to help other people in your party become elected to office, particularly to governor, because guess what? If you are the Republican nominee for president in 2024, will it be easier or harder for you to win Virginia if Glenn Youngkin is the governor or if Terry McAuliffe is the governor? You are helping Glenn Youngkin get elected governor because, A, it's the right thing for the party and for the people of the state of Virginia who presumably you agree will be better off if Glenn Youngkin is governing them than Terry McAuliffe. And it'll also help you on the back end get reelected president in 2024 should you be the party's nominee. This is your job as the leader of the party. And then he says, you know, he was really nice to me and he was gracious and he wrote this really nice letter. But he wasn't nice enough, right? He wasn't nice enough. He wasn't deferential enough. He didn't do everything to the extent that Donald Trump wanted it done. Has Donald Trump ever considered that maybe there's a political reason for that? Glenn Youngkin got elected, and in order for Glenn Youngkin to get things done in the state of Virginia, what does he need to do? He needs to retain the portion of the electorate on his side that voted for him as governor who did not vote for Donald Trump for president in 2024. 2020, excuse me. So there are always in politics political reasons why people do things and say things. And this degree to which Trump not only demands, but requires complete and total fealty from those he has helped in the past is not a great look. Not a great look. And doesn't speak well of Trump being disciplined. And we'll prove that more with his comments about Ron DeSantis. All students are safe at Ridgeview Junior High School in Pickerington, near Pickerington Central High School. They were evacuated from the school this morning around 10.30 a.m. when an adult uh, committed suicide on the campus of the junior high school uh, with a firearm. Uh, It certainly appears with a firearm from the initial reports that there was an active shooter on the campus. So parents with students who attend Ridgeview Junior High School can pick up your students at Pick Central High School. Follow the uh, authorities who I'm sure are on the scene directing you in and out. You must provide an ID in order to sign out your child. And if we get more details during the course of the show, which concludes at 1 p.m., we will share them with you. Now, we've been going through Donald Trump's interview this morning with Hugh Hewitt on the Hugh Hewitt Show. And it began with Donald Trump being remarkably disciplined in his answers about China and Ukraine and not going to advertise what I would do. You don't do that. Gives you a tactical issue. Why tell your enemy what you might do? Get a little off course with the Nikki Haley question. Hugh Hewitt had to refocus him. No, no, no. I asked you, (laughs) would you retaliate against your enemies and Nikki Haley? And he's like, you know, Nikki Haley's fine. 
Okay, so then he, rambling about Nikki Haley, talked himself into doing what he does to his detriment, which is disparaging other very successful members of the Republican Party who Donald Trump believes are disloyal because they dare even think about running for president because I'm running for president. Well, I seem to recall that when you ran for president in 2016, it was a very crowded stage up there. There were like 18 people up there, and you outlasted all of them. And that is how presidential primaries work. Just because you served before and lost in 2020, it is not realistic nor appropriate to expect everybody to just bow out because, well, I want a second chance. The country has changed since 2020 because Joe Biden has changed it for the worse. And if you couldn't get elected in 2020 as an alternative to Joe Biden, it is not disloyal for other people who have demonstrated, like you did, their ability to govern from 2016 through 2020 and 2020 forward. It is not disloyal for them to have ambitions or to consider running for president. So Trump went in on Glenn Youngkin. He wasn't deferential enough, didn't thank me enough for getting him elected again. You get Glenn Youngkin elected governor of Virginia, that helps you when you run for president in 2024 because Glenn Youngkin will be the governor in 2024 in Virginia. So that's what you're supposed to do as a leader of a party is get other people in your party elected to major state offices. And nowhere have we seen the reception of Republican policies more ardently embraced than in the state of Florida. Where Ron DeSantis barely won election as governor the first time he ran during Trump's presidency. DeSantis won over Andrew Gillum by 30,000 votes. This past time when Ron DeSantis won, he won every county in Florida, and he won by a 60-40 margin. But the fact that Ron DeSantis is popular and the fact that Ron DeSantis may actually beat Donald Trump for the nomination in 2024 drives Donald Trump crazy, and you will hear evidence of that as he rambled from Glenn Youngkin to Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis got elected because of me. You remember he had nothing. He was dead. He was leaving the race. He came over and he begged me, begged me for an endorsement. He was getting ready to drop out. I gave him an endorsement, and as soon as I gave that endorsement, in fact, I said, you're going to have a hard time. He was running against Adam Putnam, the commissioner of agriculture, who had a massive lead. He's been running for eight years while he was commissioner. He had $40 million in cash. I believe it was 40 And he was up in the poll massively by, you know, but not catchable, not even catchable. He said, if you endorse me, I'll win. And there were tears coming down from his eyes. He said, if you endorse me, I'll win. I'll say, you know what, Ron? Ron was one of 150 people that was on television. I mean, Jim Jordan was the best and others were great. But he was one of 150 of you that was on television. And he was supporting me on the impeachment hoax number one and a little bit on the impeachment hoax number two. And I said, I don't know Adam Putnam, so we'll do it. So I end up doing it. And... He wins. It was, they say it was like a, a bomb went off, just a bomb just totally went off. From the moment I endorsed him, he went from losing by numbers that are not catchable to winning easily. And is is it your past, position, Mr. Trump, that wait, wait, if wait, you— then I, got it, past, yeah, then I got him past the crackhead, who was the hottest person in the entire Democrat Party at the time. And I, he slightly took a different position afterwards, but that's all right. 
Him and Stacey Abrams were the two hottest politicians. That they were going to be the party of the future, the Democrats of the future. And I, I got, a, I did two rallies, two or three rallies. Uh, average size, like massive. They were massive. I said, you're going to win, Ron. He said, I don't think so. Nobody thought he could win. First of all, I got him the nomination and purely got it. And people of the campaign of Adam Putnam will tell you because they say everything collapsed the moment I pressed that trigger. And then I got Okay, okay, okay. You get the general flavor of this, okay? Now, let me just say a couple things. That's a horrible answer on multiple fronts. Um, I don't doubt that Ron DeSantis came over and begged Donald Trump for his endorsement in the primary. J.D. Vance begged him for his endorsement in the Senate primary. Donald Trump's endorsement means then the difference between victory and defeat. But do you believe that Adam Putnam had a massive lead and Donald Trump decided, oh, I don't really know him. I guess I'll, I'll endorse this DeSantis guy. Knowing how Donald Trump feels about embracing losers, knowing how many times he's disparaged people by saying they're a loser, do you really think if Adam Putnam had an insurmountable lead and Donald Trump thought, you know, Putnam's going to win, but uh, I don't know him and this kid's over here, he's had just a Sassanis kid's asking me for an endorsement. It won't reflect on me if I endorse a loser. So, I, okay, sure. Do you believe that's how Donald Trump makes political endorsements? If that is how Donald Trump makes political endorsements, it might explain why we had losing candidates like Don Bulldock and Adam Laxalt and Blake Masters and Herschel Walker and on and on and on. If you endorse me, I'll win. That's what everybody says who asks for a primary endorsement. Do you believe Ron DeSantis broke down in tears? I don't believe Ron DeSantis broke down in tears. I don't believe that at all. That Ron Ron DeSantis is a fighter. He might have learned how to fight from Donald Trump. If he did, great. It pays to take lessons from people who do it well and filter out the stuff they don't do well. But I don't believe for a hot second that Ron DeSantis begged Donald Trump for an endorsement in tears. (laughs) Ridiculous. Oh, and then do you believe that after Ron DeSantis got Donald Trump's endorsement and Donald Trump said, you're going to win, do you believe that Ron DeSantis said, no, I I don't think I'm going to win. I I don't think I'm going to win. That's what Donald Trump said. Okay. Donald Trump talks about the reason why he's running for president is because he cares about the country. Phenomenal. That's the right reason. If you care about the country, presumably you care about it more than you care about who makes it better. And if somebody goes through the primary election process and beats you for the nomination, you better endorse them for president. Does anybody believe Donald Trump's going to do that with Glenn Youngkin or Ron DeSantis? I don't. I believe he's going to tear the party apart. And you as a voter should not allow that to happen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.